All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And Ian McNulty joins us now and covers food and dining culture for the Times-Picayune, NOLA.com. How you doing? Uh, I am great. I just heard the forecast, partly partly cloudy skies and the, the, the interstate opening up, and it just speaks to my heart, Tommy. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful day. Things are mellowing out. The weekend is upon us. You know, I want December, to... my favorite month in New Orleans. Me too, although I wish it would be a little bit colder because I like the cold weather. Uh, real quick, I hate to start on a sad note, but you and I oh, sat uh, next to, I was next to him, and you were across from Father Jimmy Jonfro, who who died in that accident at Immaculate Conception at the Crawfish Cook-Off. And I know you guys were talking about rugby, and and it, it just goes to show you the virgility of life, Ian, where you don't know, right? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, surely. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people saw this news story this week, uh, just because of the circumstances—a freak accident for poor Father Jimmy. Uh, but, but also, you know, in, in the aftermath, uh, you, you see the depth of the people who felt a connection to the man, uh, whether it was through the school, through the church, through his work with uh, Catholic Charities Board um, at, at the Louisiana Crawfish Championships that you mentioned that happen every spring over there at, at the Immaculate Conception. Uh, and, uh, and in my case, I, I, I knew him a bit as a, it's part of the, the, the greater expanded rugby community in New Orleans. Uh, you know, you never know, uh, the, the, you know, the person who wears a, wears a clerical collar, uh, for, for, for his calling may, may also be on the sidelines, uh, you know, cheering on the next scrum or tackle, but, you know, it just goes to show you what, how the impact of the man in his life and how it reverberates the community. And a lot of people are mourning him right now, but, but also I'm sure feeling grateful for having known him. Absolutely. Um, tell me where you've been eating, where you've been drinking, where you've been going. Yeah, it's been a fun week for, uh, for, for some new restaurant news. Uh, I know a lot of people know uh, Miss Shirley and some people know the name Miss Shirley better than they know. Uh, the name of the restaurant that Miss Shirley ran for more than 40 years. That restaurant was Royal China. Uh, it was in Metairie. It's still there uh, under different ownership. But Royal China was um, has been this Chinese restaurant in the area for generations. It's right over there by Dornyak's on Vets. I call that Faubourg Dornyak's over there, <laughs> of course, that neighborhood. And um, Royal China, I say Miss Shirley's because a lot of people felt such a strong connection to the proprietor, Shirley Lee, that they just called it Miss Shirley's. Like, oh, we're going to Miss Shirley's. Yeah, come on, come on, meet us at Miss Shirley's for lunch, that kind of thing. I've been invited to many a lunch in there with that simple invitation. I thought we were going to somebody's house at first, but we're going to Royal China. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Shirley and her husband, Tang, uh, they retired last year after running that restaurant since 1977. It was a 44-year run. They retired, sold the business, said they wanted to travel, see family, well, Tommy, uh, this is a familiar tale for some people whose uh, employment is their calling and their lifestyle and their and really their life. Uh, retirement didn't take. Um, after um, a few months of that, they decided, yeah, yeah, we kind of miss our customers. We miss the life. We miss the space. We miss everything. And they got back in the game, and they opened a new restaurant uh, 
on Magazine Street in New Orleans. Uh, it's called Miss Shirley's. It just opened this week, and it took over the former home of another Chinese restaurant. A little bit to sort through here. Um, it took over the, the longtime home of Young's Golden Dragon 2, uh, which is on that, black, excuse me, that block of Magazine Street that has Sucre and Joey Kay's. Um, a lot of lot of restaurants and small businesses right there on Magazine Street, kind of in the Garden District, Irish Channel area. And uh, just opened this week. It's called Miss Shirley's because why not? That's what everyone calls it anyway. And the outpouring of excitement, gratitude, uh, emotion really around it has been sort of overwhelming. I mean, just people have been coming out for uh, – uh, showing their praise and showing their excitement to get back in and, and have some for food and probably to see Miss Shirley, too. Um, so for the record, Royal China is still open in Metairie. The Lee family sold it uh, last year when they attempted retirement. Um, but it's a different restaurant now, different ownership, uh, different menu. Um, but Shirley and Tang, the Lee family that ran it for so many years, uh, they have uh, kind of moved their show into New Orleans to Magazine Street and now have Miss Shirley's up and running. And uh, it's great. It's a great story, Tommy. It's what they're cooking there is really traditional Chinese food next to some, you know, American Chinese standards. Uh, But I always go for the traditional stuff, dim sum, noodle soups, uh, specials galore. It's the kind of restaurant where, like, some of the dishes that they make there aren't really on the menu. And the names might be like, uh, chicken Tommy, you know, or, uh, man, I would love to have uh, a dish named after me. God, I would. Yeah. You know, something like, like if you order enough times, like she'll name it after you or whatever combination you come up with. Um, and it's just a great family story. I mean, this is a restaurant family. Like this is two people. They were born in China, uh, made their way to the United States as teenagers. Imagine that. I mean, just transporting yourself across the world as a teenager. I know what I was doing as a teenager, and it wasn't anything like that. Uh, And, uh, and, you know, working the way up through restaurants, real hard work. Uh, And, I mean, Shirley Lee was 19 years old when they opened Royal China in Metairie with her then, you know, brand-new husband. And, I mean, I'm not talking out of school here. They they told me this, and it's been in earlier stories that I've written about this. In the early days, to save – money and make their restaurant work they didn't have an apartment they lived in the restaurant they had cots in the back and they lived there <laughs> and you would never know it you know mm-hmm. they they would by, by the, just before my time but the stories i heard they would come out and put on the big show and it was a really popular place uh you know, sheriff harry lee was, was known to hang out there quite a bit and do a lot of his parties there and they would dress the place up with flowers and decorations and make it look like I mean, this is a really humble place this is like a just a little hole in the wall. I think it was a fried chicken joint before it was uh, Royal China. And they would, by, by the tales I've heard, they would make it look like this imperial palace by the time they were done decorating it for these big banquets and functions. Well, anyway, all along the time, the food's been really good. So it's like, you know, shrimp dumplings and uh, little clams with black bean sauce, uh, lo mein noodles, dumpling soups, dumpling, a lot of dumplings. If you like dumplings, you're in the right place there. So, Miss Shirley's has brought Miss Shirley has brought all of that to the new restaurant, Miss Shirley's Chinese restaurant on Magazine Street. They opened this week, and that's been one of our top stories, really. I right, we take a break. I'm open the phone lines here or the text lines five zero four two six zero one eight seventy. If you have any questions about eating or drinking, Freedom McNulty, who covers that for the uh, Times Nola dot com, and somebody texted this in, and I think it's a pretty interesting question. What would Ian suggest? What top three restaurants for French President Macron to visit while he's here? 
You're going to answer when we come back. I'm Tommy Tucker. This is WWL. 922, Tommy Tucker, WWL, talking to Ian McNulty, who covers food, dining, culture for the Times-Picayune. New Orleans advocate, French President Macron is in town. And if you were to suggest, I guess, restaurants that would be indicative of New Orleans or top places for him to go, I don't know. Do you want French cooking? What are you, what are you feeding me, Ian? I'm glad. I'm glad we had the commercial break because I was. I wanted to think that through for a minute. Because I'll tell you, my my initial things were, oh, send him to the classics. You know, uh, you know, Antoine's. He has to see where uh, Creole cuisine in New Orleans began. Sort of the link between France and New Orleans. I mean, if you wanted to see where, uh, you know, what what the French influence on on New Orleans cuisine looked like in the 19th century, like Antoine still shows that, right? So that's mm-hmm. significant. I thought about Calatois. I thought about Arno's, you know. But but then I thought about it a little more, probably by the second or third commercial mm-hmm. from the break. And what I really want him to see in New Orleans is a sense of community. And I want him to get deep into the neighborhoods, and I want him to see uh, a lot of New Orleans on the way between these places. So I want him to not just be in the French Quarter necessarily. Uh, for the record, he's dining tonight at Windsor Court. That's the kind of on the official itinerary, the grill room there, uh, which I'm sure will be exquisite for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, yeah, if they had tapped me and given me a commercial break to think about it, uh, here's the three places I would send him: Clancy's uptown. Because this is Creole cooking, New Orleans Creole cuisine that is just a little bit more modern. It's very refined, and it's in a place that is deeply entwined in its neighborhood. So, like, when he goes in there, he would see a glimpse of what that uh, uptown neighborhood uh, feels is its own kind of living room. You know, he would get that feel of being in, in somebody else's realm, some, a place where they feel comfortable and kind of represents their community and eat food that is only in New Orleans and that uh, shows you know, the connection between France and Louisiana, but how it evolved and uh, how it's represented in sort of this more modern way today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nothing far out or contemporary on the menu, but, you know, the smoked soft shell crab, mm-hmm. the the fish manure, the oh God, the uh, the fried oysters topped with brie with a little bit of spinach. Is it is it lunchtime yet? <laughs> anyway, uh, that's stop one. Um, I I also want him to see a, a neighborhood restaurant that's truly more of a more of a, a joint, more of sort of a, a down home place. And um, I'm I'm liking Rosedale for that right now. Rosedale is Susan Spicer's neighborhood restaurant. Um, you know, to get there, he would drive across town, uh, see a bunch of different neighborhoods on the way, go through Mid-City on the way to the the Navarre neighborhood, which is, you know, kind of the, that, that small niche there between Mid-City and Lakeview proper. And he's going to have barbecue shrimp and uh, panade uh, eggplant and a uh, po'boy, you can get a, get a kasham delay po'boy there, stuff like that, and just feel like uh, you know he's in like a, just a casual, anytime kind of place that exudes good New Orleans flavor. Um, and then the third one is Dookie Chases because, well, yeah, a lot of presidents have done, American presidents have dined here. Uh, this is a place that is community that uh, tells a tale. Uh, not just through food, but through its civil rights history, through the history of the of the um, the art on the walls, all the African American art that the family has collected. 
uh, the story of continuity, of a uh, sense of purpose and flavor and heritage that continues through the generations of that family. That's a powerful tale. And he's going to get some of the best fried chicken and gumbo in town. Just don't add hot sauce to the gumbo like then-Senator Obama did on the campaign trail and gets get chided partially <laughs> by the late Leah Chase. Just don't do that, President McConnell. Um, somebody wants to know about the best place to get a muffalata. Okay. Uh, well, right now, for my money, it's uh, Napoleon House uh, down in the French Quarter. It's long known for its muffalata. And I tell you, since the Ralph Brennan crew took over there um, a couple of years back, they have really refined that sucker to <laughs> something special. Uh, the bread, the consistency of the bread, the way they stack the meats, um, it's, it's tall. It's, it, it, it stands up, in my opinion, to any muffalata in town. Um, but, you know, that's, that's, that's deep in the French Quarter there. I also like Norjo's, the Italian market in Old Metairie. Uh, World Market's got a good one. Uh, don't forget about Liuzes on Danville Street for the French Alada if you want to go something a little bit different. Um, but, yeah, uh, what uh, Chef Chris Montero with the Ralph Brennan Group has done over there at Napoleon House since, uh, since the rejuvenation of that treasured landmark just with the muffalata is worth the trip downtown alone. Somebody else wants to know about gumbos. Apparently they want to take okay. advantage of the cold weather while it's here. Okay. Well, I'm around the. I'm a, I'm a year-round gumbo guy. I'd say <laughs> maybe it's like the the British drinking their tea in India. You know, the, the swelter. I'm a. I'll I'll I'll, I'll eat some gumbo in, in the middle of August to be pretty happy about it. But um, you know, that's wide open. You know what? Uh, that's the glory of gumbo. So you know, seafood gumbo. Man, um, I love the one at Mandina's for that. Uh, I love the one at Pesh Seafood Grill downtown. It's a little more upscale place, of course, but that that seafood gumbo there just nails it for me. I mean, it's just like it's just got that depth of flavor, that freshness. Um, we're talking about uh, sausage and and, uh, and chicken gumbo. That that's the that that one to me is is the more cold weather gumbo, right? Like the seafood gumbo actually is. That speaks a little more to the warmer months to me, you know, maybe with all the shrimp and crab. Uh, but that, uh, you know, that, that, that smoky, peppery andouille and chicken mingling with a dark roux, that, that, says, that says fall, winter, smoke curling out of a chimney kind of a feel to me. Um, so shut up, Ian. Where do you get it? Um, <laughs> the Hi-Hat Cafe has a great one. Uh, if you want to go more upscale, uh, uh uh, Mr. B's Bistro in the French Quarter, the Gumbo Yaya there is rightly renowned. Brightson's Uptown, um, another upscale place that has just a just a just real crave-worthy gumbo. Um, and then there's the kind of the wild cards, the Anything Goes gumbos. Laius's by the track. We mentioned Laius's on Bienville, different restaurant, of course. The one by the horse track. Uh, their kitchen sink gumbo. It's got everything under the sun and. Um, it's a real different roux, and they throw in the, the shrimp and the oysters at the last minute, so they just kind of poach in the hot roux, real fresh, different take. Um, but that gumbo at uh, Little Dizzy's on Esplanade, that's a classic example of a, a Creole soul gumbo. You know, it's the kitchen sink. It's everything. It's many different types of meats all in there at once. Um, seafood, delicious. Get it for takeout, you know, put that – Get a quart of that thing, stick it in the cup holder of your car, dare yourself not to take a, sl a slurp mm -hmm. on the way home. Um, just 
Yeah, it's endless. I mean, we we could do the gumbo variations for as long as you want to talk. This is an interesting text. Maybe it's a cold weather guy. People thinking uh, chili. Who makes a good bowl of chili in town? Yeah, the one that comes to mind immediately is Ugly Dog Tavern um, Ooh, in the Warehouse yeah. District. Yep, it's a barbecue place, and uh, I mean, frankly, it's been. A little bit off my radar in recent years, but here's the thing about New Orleans. We always talk about food constantly. Everyone is. And uh, uh, somebody put it back on my radar because she loves it so much. And I remembered how much I liked it. It's uh, uh, in, in my memory, I'm going back here. They serve it in a coffee mug. Yep. Big white coffee mug. Chili. Mm-hmm. Yep, a little bit of chili. Spill it over Some the onions. side. Yeah. Raw chopped onions, shredded cheddar, and a good um, you know meat and bean chili. That's... Ah, that's it right there for me. Somebody wants to know about Ampa Taco in Madisonville. Have you been there? Oh yes, uh, by the uh, it's the one by the by the bridge, right by the Chifuncta River. Uh, good spot. Uh, the name says it all: empanadas and tacos. Um, good kind of quick spot, and, and different for that area too. That uh, Madisonville has a lot of more traditional restaurants, uh, traditional Louisiana, I should say. So you know that's a uh, little different, quick hit for sure. Somebody wants to know about um, barbecue. Okay. Well, you're in luck because we are in a boom time for barbecue. I, you know, I, I couldn't have said that. I don't know how many years ago, maybe five, six years ago, it started bubbling up. Uh, you know, New Orleans, a seafood city, Creole town, always been an outlier in the deep south for barbecue. We're surrounded by it. Alabama, Texas, Mississippi barbecue. Come on, it's famous. But Louisiana barbecue, New Orleans barbecue in particular, not so much. Well, that's changed um, because we have a lot more restaurants that are working in that style now. Uh, the joint down in the Bywater uh, kind of kicked things off for the slow and low approach to barbecue. That's um, still a destination. It's fantastic. Um, now you've got Central City Barbecue, which is like a, a complex now in Central City, right up the interstate, very close to the Superdome. Great pregame, postgame place. Um, you've got Blue Oak Barbecue in Mid City, uh, which is just doing fantastic things. I love their smoked wings. Uh, they're probably my favorite wing in the city it comes from a barbecue place, and it's, it's, it's those guys. I don't need sauce or anything. I just rip those suckers off the bone one after the other. Chuck those bones down on the ground or into the river or whatever to stand here and go after the next one. Uh, I uh, Fry Smoked Meat Company right down the street in Mid City. There's Smoked out in Elmwood uh, doing real interesting stuff. Um, what is out there recently? Some good like breakfast barbecue items. So yeah, it's it's a it's a good time for barbecue in, in New Orleans. And finally, somebody has people coming in from out of town, and they want to go to breakfast on Saturday and Sunday mornings, both, but I guess different places. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you two very different places. <laughs> uh, here's a, a new place just opened, uh, gosh, I guess in November. It's called Scrambled, and it's uptown. It's uh, off of uh, Jefferson. It's actually on Octavia Street. It's on Laurel Street, but uh, Laurel and Octavia, you know, we all have our neighborhood landmarks in, in New Orleans. It's right next door to uh, Octavia Books. It was a breakfast place for a long time called Toast. It was one location of Toast. They have several around town still. But Scrambled is very different. Um, a lot of the dishes there are, are pretty wild. Uh, you know, the, the 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 waffles come stacked up with Nutella and Reese's Puffs cereal in between, and like a peanut butter mousse. You can get you know burgers that sort of have a sausage patty blend with 
fried over easy egg on top and bacon, kind of a breakfast burger, stuff like that, like stuff you're going to want to take five pictures of and ooh and ah over. <laughs> and then he, um, that's kind of wild. But it's also not what people think of as like just down home, I'm hungry, I want to eat kind of breakfast. For that, you need a diner. You know, you need a you need just that classic place with a with a griddle in the back. You know, sending out good stuff. And I like Wake and Bacon. They got a couple locations. There's one in Mid City. There's one on Britannia Street. There's one in the French Quarter. They do a couple little twists here and there, but it's basically just straight up breakfast done with uh, some good fresh stuff. Ian, any final thoughts before we let you go? Uh, it's December. It's a happy time. You know, this is. Uh, this is the first time in what three years that I could say, you know, when you go sally forth on your on your holiday expeditions, there's no restrictions in place. Uh, staffing is back up at most restaurants. They're happy to see you. I mean, it's sort of cut loose, you know. I mean, this is it. Uh, this get together with, with with people. This is all the stuff you've been putting off or said you would do. Do it and use New Orleans hospitality as a setting for it because that just uh, that's that's one of the reasons why we're here. And it's a, it's a good time to indulge and partake and support. So, cheers. Thank you, Ian. I appreciate your time. You can go to Ian McNulty and find out more. Just put the name in. It'll all pop up. 936, 24 till 10. More when we come back. Time now for WWL Traffic. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.